It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I ask, why don't you really understand the problem? Welcome in. We are live here on this Tuesday and a big show for you. We got a lot to get to with the Falcons, the Braves and the Hawks. Of course, the Braves back home at Truist Park at a win last night over the San Francisco Giants. A very important guy towing the rubber tonight. And we're going to run to the window to make a bet again. We'll get to all that coming up. Of course, give us a follow on Twitter, at LockedOnATL, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. And, well, we have got so much to get to because the news today surrounding the golf world has got me a little fired up. Um, I want to start there, despite the fact we do have a lot going on in Atlanta. But the news dropped this morning that Brooks Kepka uh, is departing the PGA Tour for the Live Tour. And they are expecting the official announcement to come in a couple of days. But Kepka is the 19th ranked golfer in the world. Um, and he's expected to compete in the first live golf event in the U.S. in Portland, Oregon, starting next week on June 30th. Uh, and Brooks Kepka was the same guy a week ago who was irritated at, at reporters for asking about the live tour at the U.S. Open, saying, hey, I'm focused on the U.S. Open. I'm just trying to win this thing. This is a black cloud, blah, 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 blah. And some of those comments look a little bit bad right now. And I'll actually play them for you here later. But, you know, now you have eight of the top 50 players in the world um, who have all left the PGA for the Live Golf Tour, including DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, uh, Dustin Johnson. I mean, all these guys are major winners. And Phil Mickelson, of course. All these guys are major, major champions uh, in some event. And now they are left for the live tour. And and I told you guys this last week, and maybe I need to make it more clear. The bad guy here is not the live tour. Okay. The PGA are the bad guys. And it's like, I should say they're not intentionally bad guys, but they're bad guys because they've never updated their system. They've never bothered to adapt and change with the times. Everybody went along just to get along with the PGA and the way they ran things because nothing forced them ever to change. Here's the forcing function that's forcing them to change. For everybody out there who thinks that everybody is departing the PGA for the live tour for money alone, you don't understand the situation and you don't understand the problem. John Rahm was 100% correct. Is $40 million extra dollars going to change Brooks Kepska's life? No. He's already made hundreds of millions of dollars. He's one of the most sought-after players in the tour. He's got endorsements out the yin-yang. He's got a smoke show supermodel wife. He does not need more money. It's not about money. I mean, look, it is, but the money is the icing on top. This is about principle. This is about the way you have treated me and how I'm going to respond now with another option. The way the PGA Tour has treated their players are much like disposable commodities. It doesn't matter who the player is. 
It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how much they win, how much they finish second, how much they finish in the top 10. What matters is that they're there because that's what the PGA makes the money off of. Somebody tried to sit there and, and say to me, oh, you know, this is like big box stores competing against mom and pop. You know, live it, live is the big box and PGA is mom and pop. Oh, dear Lord, you could not be more wrong. The PGA, which is a supposed 501c3, right, is a billion-dollar organization. And you want to call them mom and pop? Are you kidding me? The PGA is the furthest thing from mom and pop. That's like calling the NCAA, another 501c3, a mom and pop. It's like calling the World Cup, you know, FIFA, uh, a mom and pop. They got a billion dollars in reserve. These are not mom and pops. These are billion-dollar corporations loaded with money. And they're loaded with money because of the people who play with inside of them. Guess what happens when, uh, you know, Brooks Kepka and Sergio Garcia and all and Bryson DeChambeau and all these other majors winners show up to a PGA Tour event? People show up. They sell a lot of beer. They sell a lot of sponsorships. This, that, and the other. Who gets all that money? Yeah, the PGA gets all that money. What does Brooks Kepka get if he misses the cut at that tournament? Nothing. Not a darn cent. In fact, they had to pay to get there. They had to pay for a hotel room as well. He gets nothing. That is the core of why they are leaving. This is a process issue alone. It's not the money. The fact that they're going to make more money is the icing on the top. If you offer them the same exact amount of money under the process that Live Tour uses, where you get automatic cash when you show up, you got an automatic salary, and you play less golf, they'll take it for the same exact money. If you told Brooks Kepi you can make $10 million here on the PGA Tour or $10 million here on the Live Tour based off of the two different processes, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to take that. Why? Because if he plays crappy golf on a Live Tour, he still gets $10 million. If he plays crappy golf on the PGA Tour, he doesn't get $10 million. So, yes, it's about the money but and, and the fact that it's guaranteed money, but it's not about more money. This is a process issue. The PGA are the bad guys because their process sucks, and they haven't updated it. This is very similar to the NCAA and NIL. No one ever pushed the NCAA for decades, so they kept the same process over and over again where the kids show up and play, we make all the money, the kids get nothing, and everybody's happy. Until everybody wasn't happy and players started barking and people started going, NCAA, you're a charitable organization and you make billions and these kids don't make a cent. That's not fair. And while in 2022, the concept of fair is definitely flawed, when it comes to this amount of money, fair takes on a little bit of a different meaning. Right? Just does. In sports, capitalism isn't supposed to reign supreme when it comes to disparity between those we pay to watch and those who get the money because we watched. Right? Like that is what the difference is. And so somebody finally pushed the NCAA to a breaking point and they had to relent and go, okay, NIL, you got it. We're good. And the PGA Tour should take a 
a, a page out of that playbook here and turn around and instead of throwing a petty fit, you can't leave our tour. You're going to get suspended. We're the best competition. They can't do what we can do. Instead of the little fit that they're throwing, what they should be doing is getting on the phone and going, hey, uh, listen, you guys got tons of cash, right? Um, yeah, cash is good for everybody involved. So uh, let's sit down and have lunch and figure out a way where – I can help you get more cash and you can help us get cash. And uh, we're all going to get richer than rich when we're already rich, but let's get richer because being rich is rich. That should be the conversation. But no, the PGA tour wants to stomp their feet like a little child. You can't leave. I make the rules. Fine. Go. You're suspended. You can't play here anymore. Like a little petulant child, PGA. Grow up. You can't compete with the live towards money. So instead of throwing a fit, go try to work with them to make your golfers richer, make your tour richer, make your tournaments richer, make everything richer. If you're truly capitalist about this, you wouldn't be fighting against them. You'd be joining them. I mean, it's not that hard. It really, really isn't. You know how you got Sirius XM? For you, for you kids who are like, you know, new, back in the day, there was Sirius satellite radio and an XM satellite radio. And they both said, guess what? This isn't sustainable, and we're both going to steal from each other. So guess what? Let's just join together, be one, and we'll all make money. Still around. 20 years later, still around. The PGA Tour is wrong. They need to change their system. And if they change their system and incentivized golfers to play for them, nobody would be leaving. Nobody. But you want to dig in and be right instead of get it right. The PGA would rather be right, so I'm going to suspend players instead of get it right and go, let's figure out a way we all can get filthy rich. And don't tell me uh, this is all about the money because the PGA Tour, okay, isn't shelling out money. If the PGA Tour was so concerned with making more money, they'd join forces with Liv. They'd work together. They'd play events together. They'd set up a PGA Tour versus Liv Tour and put an event together that they both make money from. There's so many answers out there other than the one that the PGA has chosen. And they've chosen it because they don't know how to adapt and adjust. I hope more golfers leave the PGA Tour. They should. And in an era of player empowerment, we're all for player empowerment. We've seen it in the NBA. We're seeing it in the NFL. We've seen it in college sports. Everybody's for player empowerment, but we're not for golfer empowerment. Is that what this is? Is that the hypocrisy we're going to walk towards right now? That's all this is. And I said it last week. All these people did was choose a new job. That's it. And save your morality, folks. Because if you want to put morality into sports, you're going to be saddled with hypocrisy everywhere. I'm not applauding the Saudis' human rights record. And I'm who are deciding to go golf there are supporting it. They chose a different job. I mean, hell, anybody who plays with the Cowboys can sit there and go, you know, Jerry Jones has had questionable issues uh, with, you know, and alleged this, that, and the other. If you have such a high moral code and you play for the Cowboys, hypothetically speaking, again, just quit and walk away. 
because you don't want to play for anybody who's done anything wrong ever. I mean, you just you, you can't get on that slope with morality in sports. There are bad actors everywhere, and people have every right to avoid them and every right to voice their displeasure with them and every right to uh, say that I'm not going to associate with those individuals. That's fine. But don't chide people who do because they're making business decisions. There are many people who could separate business and morality. And, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that in certain cases. And the line is different for everybody. So I, I don't leave your morality at the door when it comes to this stuff. Don't ever watch another NBA game again. We'll keep going back to that, right? I mean, because, you know, they're in bed with China. So we don't need to go down that road. The point simply is the PGA has failed to adapt and adjust. And they are the ones who need to get right here. Uh, it's not the live tour. The live tour isn't the problem. These golfers were getting railroaded in a system that was designed to benefit the PGA only and the golfers secondarily. The same way the NCAA was designed to benefit the NCAA only and players secondarily after they left. It's about the system. It's about the process. The money is just the icing on the top. All right, give me a follow on Twitter, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Of course, follow us at Locked On ATL. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give a like and a thumbs up as well. Let's get to the Atlanta Falcons here real quickly because there is something that I think was brought up that, you know, we kind of have a flat assumption of, but don't have any real any real sort of idea of what it will look like. And Josh Kendall of The Athletic, who's the beat writer covering the Falcons, you know, did this whole column, and it was well done between things that we know coming out of the offseason program before training camp and things that we don't know. And the one question he said about the things that we don't know, okay, is simply, what is Cordero Patterson's role this year going to be? Running back, more wide receiver. You know, I mean, it's interesting how last year Arthur Smith made him a high-level commodity across the league, right? He was, for lack of a better term, a poor man's Debo Samuel. Um, now Patterson is entering his 10th year in the league and is in his thirties. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons to like what he did. He led the team in rushing yards, was third in the team in receiving yards. Could all of those numbers stay where they are? Um, I would tell you that my goal for Cordero Patterson this year, honestly, be more of a decoy than anything else. I think that's the best way to use him. Think about this logically. If you have Cordero Patterson out there, anybody who watched game tape from last year on the Falcons is going to go, look at that. See 84 there? Man. Oh, wow. That's an interesting way that they used 84. You see that? That's what they're going to see. They're going to see 84, 84, 84, 84. They'll see a little bit of eight. That's about it. But they'll see 84, 84. They know eight's going to be a problem, but it's, you know, it's different. Now... When teams scheme for the Falcons, one of the first things they're going to do when the defense line up and go, where's 84? Where's 84? We saw 84 on tape. Where's 84? Well, 84 is where the attention is. Guess what? Throw away from the attention. Give the ball away from the attention. Oh, there's Tyler Algier. Oh, here's, here's some Drake London. Here's more Kyle Pitts. Because you have to respect 84. Use him as a decoy, especially early in the season when the only game tape they have is from last year. By week five, week six, Patterson has to start to be worked back into the role. That 
is the best way to use him. Use him as a decoy. Use him to help other guys find a spot, a, a way. Use him to find a certain uh, hole in the defense that, they, that you can exploit with other players. Cordero Patterson should not, should not, should not be any part of the focal point of this offense. He's not the best running back on the roster, and he's certainly not the best receiver on the roster. So if that's the case, if we say repeatedly, put the ball in the hands of this player, it's not it. That's not a knock. That's not a slight. But there are better running backs on this roster, and there are better receivers on this roster. Cordero Patterson is a piece. He's a very valuable piece. He's a very talented piece. But he shouldn't be leading in any statistical category because if he is, we're doing it wrong. I've told you a couple of things about Arthur Smith where I'm like, I'm not accepting this. I'm not, I'm not accepting Cordero, Pat, Cordero Patterson being the leader in any category. You're doing it wrong. And I have a ton of faith and a ton of trust in Arthur Smith that he's ahead of all this. Kyle Pitts going to get his targets. Drake London going to get his targets. Tyler Algeo going to get his carries. And guess what? Cordero's going to have a nice season and be a part of what they do offensively. But he ain't going to be the biggest part, and he shouldn't be. There's no reason to think that he should be the biggest part. It's problematic if he is. So I thought it was an excellent question by Josh Kendall uh, and one that really needs to be answered. But I think that the point is uh, – that as an older guy and what they put him through last year, he's uh, he's a guy that, that that should be used as a decoy slash uh, option in certain spots where it benefits him only, right? There's delicate ways to use him in things. He shouldn't be leading from the front in any way. All right, coming up next, uh, what is wrong with fans' view of the Atlanta Hawks? A crazy trade idea. Plus, I will also give you a bet you must make tonight. That's coming up next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, wrapping things up here on this Tuesday. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Spending your Tuesday with me. I don't know why I'm rushing through things and trying to get out of here so quickly. Uh, maybe I'd like to hit it and quit it and get you guys your daily sports fix and move on. But make sure you check out all the great shows we got here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones. Don't forget about our Braves postcast after every Braves game. And, of course, Locked On Falcons and Locked On Hawks. Braves get a win yesterday, 2-1 to one, over the San Francisco Giants. They'll play again tonight. Spencer Strider going on the hill. Folks, what I tell you last time he took the hill? Take the over on his K-prop. It was five and a half. He struck out 11. Now, his K-prop today at six and a half. And a little bit juicy. Um, the over is around minus 135, meaning that you're you're going to pay $1.35 to win a dollar back. Okay? Uh, and that's okay because I, I trust Spencer Strider. Let me just throw some numbers at you here real quick for him. First of all, the San Francisco Giants are averaging over nine strikeouts per game on the road this year. More than enough. Strider's averaging 13.9, almost 14 Ks per nine innings so far on the season. He's allowing his opponents to hit just 161 off of him. And clearly he's got strikeout stuff. 
The problem for him is Strider is averaging 89 pitches per start this year. Strikeouts require at least three pitches. So if you're going to strike out seven guys, that's 21 pitches. If you strike out 10, that's 30 pitches. That's a third of all the pitches he's probably going to throw tonight on average. So his pitch count could get up high, you know, get up there fairly quickly. And if he walks a guy or two, which he's not prone to do, um, his strikeout to walk ratio is better than three to one. But if he does slip and walk somebody, that's an extra four pitches. They are being very cautious with Strider and they're monitoring him. So uh, he's going to have to get to to three or four by the third inning in order to get over this six and a half. If he gets into the sixth, we're going to be good. Okay, he struck out 11 last time in five and two thirds. If he gets into the sixth, we're going to be good. The pitch count is worrisome, though. That's the only you know flaw I can see in really um, where he might not get there. But he's got the stuff, and there's not a book on him yet. And as long as I'm at six and a half and that's seven and a half, I'm going to play the over. So that's the bet to make for the Braves tonight. The next bet to make is what are the Hawks going to do this offseason? And boy, man, fans got some weird takes out there on this stuff. And I know I'm not far from weird takes at times, but the idea that that what people are are wanting to do to this roster, I honestly do not think this roster is going to change that much. That may be to the Hawks chagrin and fans chagrin. I don't think it's going to change that much. If you just for a goof go play with that trade calculator thing, that trade machine on ESPN.com, and you just start putting things together and you realize that uh, a lot of this stuff isn't viable, um, it really would make you a lot smarter as a fan. You know, Rudy Gobert is going to cost a lot, and Clint Capella and John Collins are not going to be enough. They're not. The, the salaries don't match, and so the Hawks are going to have to uh, get rid of some more players with only acquiring one. It, it makes it very difficult. This is not a, a good situation for them. Um, and I had joked around, too, with a couple of friends, you know, and this is total crazy GM here. But just in a fantasy world for a minute, ask yourself this question. If there was a way you could pull off a deal, Donovan Mitchell for Trey Young, straight up, would you do it? And I'll put that question on my Twitter poll. I'm just curious. If there's a way you could pull off a deal, and I understand the money is different, and especially with what Trey's salary is this year, um, the way they structured his extension, the numbers are so far off, it's very, very difficult. That said, would you rather have Donovan Mitchell or Trey Young? Ask yourself that question in a vacuum. That's just my crazy GM spiel here. Not saying they should do it. I'm just curious uh, and, and, and where it goes. But the Hawks are gonna, going to look to make moves, but it doesn't benefit them to give away everything. Now, a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Conti over at 92.9 The Game, had mentioned that, you know, you have a good amount of youth on this roster. Don't be afraid to go get veteran players who can make a difference. So if Rudy Gobert's age turns you off to him, I get that. I understand it. But he's right. There, there is a lot of youth on this roster. Between Hunter, uh, Herder, you know, Okongwu, I mean, Collins and, and Young, there's – there's youth everywhere. 
don't be afraid to grab a couple of older guys. Not too many, just a couple that ultimately can, can make a difference. So the NBA draft is coming up. Um, rumors Hawks may trade up. I love dudes who trade up. I, I love it when it happens. Go for broke, man. Worry about next year, next year. Go for broke. If you've got an opportunity to go up and get a player you really want, go for it. I appreciate that as a GM. I always have and I always will. I always respect the GMs who have the guts to make those kind of moves because they're not easy. And, and every time you make a move like that, you're putting your job on the line. So I totally, totally respect that from, uh, from a GM. If that's what the Hawks are going to do, it's going to be certainly worthwhile. All right, that'll do it for me today here on A to Z. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno. Back tomorrow, Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks is going to join us. We will dive more into these fancy trade scenarios for the Atlanta Hawks. That's coming up tomorrow on A to Z. You guys have a wonderful Tuesday. Check me out on social media. Appreciate you guys. Love and support. You guys have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.